0: hey traders david frost my strategic forecast you're here for another episode of common sense market analysis today is monday december 13 2021 we're looking at a daily chart of the spy or spider which is the proxy for the s p 500 what do we have on the docket today we have a laundry list of notes we have a market that's on a fake out slash may be headed toward the shenanigan tail candle that no longer exists, but we know that that tail candle from last week went down to the gap, 458.79 is the gap, we'll just say 459, give or take. But that's big picture stuff, it's what's jumping off the page at me on the daily chart. Well, there's other stuff before that gap that jumps off the page, namely the 20-period moving average, which does coincide with a breakup candle low. Now, that low happens to be the same tail candle that was from last week, so we have to be a little careful. However, we have some lines in the sand. Let me explain further. Let's reel back the tape a little bit. The market was breaking back out on Friday to challenge the former highs. Remember what we've said many, many times. The whole thing is sponsored by the trick-trap fool and frustrate crew, their job is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. That being said, we've also discussed that when the market gets into a corrective phase, you'll have big swings in both directions. And therefore, the market's job again is to make you believe everything's fine and the market's going to continue on the bullish run. That's the way it works. So therefore, when you take that all into an account, nothing has changed. I'll explain further when we get to a different chart, and I'll give you a real-life example of how I put that into practice last week. So now let's drill down further on the daily chart and say, well, what do we have from a shorter-term perspective? What do we have that we can sink our teeth into that gives us bogeys on the upside or the downside to tell us that there's either going to be further south side direction or they're going to turn around and go back up north. Well, let's work on the south side for one and we'll get back to the north side later. We look at both sides of the tape. Why? Because we are the umpire calling balls and strikes. So first, the south side. We have the breakup candle low. Forget about the tail candle. We're wiping it off the memory for the time being. The low here is 464.35 We're going to round it to 464, and we're going to say, hey, here's the thing. If they start getting below 464 on an intraday basis, or if they open tomorrow, for example, below 464, that's going to open the door to go down to the gap closer to that 459, 458, and change. They're not going to do it all in one gulp. They're going to have support areas along the way. Inside, the number members will have those numbers at their disposal. Why am I saying 464 rather than the low of this candle, which is 464.35? There's a couple of things. A, you have the 20-period moving average there. It's not exactly the end-all, be-all. It's a guideline. But they spike them through, and then they snap back. Not every time, but sometimes. So we're taking that into an account. The other thing is it's a big, fat, round number. 464. So they're close to it at that breakup candle low. So, would they spike the low, go down to the big fat round number, spike that a little bit, and try and snap back? Under normal garden variety conditions, yeah, that's the way the market works. That's provided they're trading into it intraday under most scenarios. Again, it's a real time type of thing, it's an inside the numbers type of thing, trying to give you the pre schematic. I'm also trying to give you the, hey, this is what to watch out for. Also, what I'm really saying is normally under garden variety market conditions, they get down to 464 on an intraday basis. There's going to be a bull bear battle around there. They may spike it for a while and try and fight back to it. What is an important number is both support and resistance. So if they're below, it becomes overhead resistance. If they're above it, it should be some semblance of support waiting for the bull bear battle to ensue. Getting below, closing candles below 464 does open the gap. Not necessarily right away, but it opens the gap for that 458 and change to 459 area. What if the other thing is happening? What if we wake up to a gap higher on Tuesday? What's that number? That's a magnetic, and B is overhead resistance, and it's right around 469, maybe up to 469.50, 469 and a quarter. In that neighborhood, should be magnetic draw price in if they're headed in that direction. So if they start to trade in the northern direction, you know that's going to be one of the targets on the board. A couple of other things on the docket from a bigger picture perspective. This week we have. None other than Kabuki Theater. What does that mean? It means the Fed has their two-day meeting Tuesday, culminating on Wednesday afternoon with an announcement. It's really an interest rate announcement, but in this case, we're listening for the taper talk. The market is waiting with bated breath on the taper talk. So what's going on right now? Is the market trading down to set up a rally after the Fed announcement? That's very possible. That would be in concert with trick and company and shenanigans. We also have, this week, quadruple witching options expiration. It's the last one of 2021. What does that mean? It means that all the asset classes and the options on the asset classes are expiring this Friday. You get some shenanigans, more so in individual stocks than the index, but... The individual stocks affect the index, and therefore, you get them in both directions. You'll get rebalancing. You get a flood of volume later in the week and throughout the week. What we have to be aware of is that Trick and Company will be out in full force this week. We're going to drill down a little bit further. Here's a 240 chart. We're looking at the same area. On this chart, has a 50-period moving average, also supports the case that Somewhere in and around that breakup candle low is reason for the bull bear battle. Now, keep in mind, if you look at this, A, this is a bullish pattern. Well, how can it be a bullish pattern if I keep talking about lower prices? Well, here's the deal. This is really what's going on. Now, it stays a bullish pattern until they start getting below here. Then everything changes if they close candles Below the low of that candle, everything changes and it's a different thing going on. So A, when this type of thing exists, it's normal for them to want to run a test of that area. They're likely going to do that. The challenge is, do they do more than that test? Do they run price all the way down to fill the gap or even lower? Break everybody's heart who was playing a short-term long game. Then after the Fed, they rip the market back up, break everybody's heart that was playing a short-term short game. That's the way the market works. About the 120-minute chart, this one has something interesting. You have a different moving average down in that neck of the woods. It's a little bit higher than 464, but it's still in the neck of the woods. But what you also have is the opportunity for market symmetry to show you a low in and around that zone. Now, if you're not familiar with how that works, you can go to the course in a module labeled market symmetry and find out exactly how that works. What course is that? Lazy E-mini Trader, of course. Don't quote me on the label of the module of the course, but there's a module on market symmetry. Now you go to the hourly chart, and all of a sudden you have somewhat of a convergence of moving averages in and around that area between 465 and a spike below 464. So on the hourly chart, you can see from an intraday perspective where we could begin to make a case where if the market was trading down there after the opening bell, not opening below, but trading down there intraday, we can make a case for that bull bear battle I keep mentioning. What happened inside the numbers today? We're going to run through the commentary. There's some important stuff, so get out your sticky notes. Then we'll circle back to stocks on the move. I think it's important to run through the early thoughts, and we'll scroll up from there. So Monday was starting with somewhat of a positive open early in the morning, Sunday night. The futures opened up. They started up last night, and they stayed, and that was as of zero dark 30. We'll call it around 6 a.m. or a little before. If they stayed up, the all-time highs were capable of drawing price in. However, they didn't do that, but let's go on. We had a number on the high side or the northbound lane if they kept going up, but in the pre-market they actually turned around, so we don't have to talk about the northern stuff. We'll skip over that. In fact, most of this stuff is northern stuff over here, so we have to scroll up a little bit. What's bearish? What turns the market bearish? How about intraday and very short-term bearish would be getting below Friday's close of 470.74. So that was the starting point for what's not bullish. So that's the setup at zero dark 30. We'll scroll up, we'll see what else we got going on. By 9.07, I'm posting, they're slowly creeping lower toward an important number, 471. 471 was mentioned in the pre-market notes, but it's not that important for now. Still got to get the thing open anyway. Now check this out. This is at 9.23. 469.50 is an interesting spot if they conduct a further shakeout operation. They could spike it. But it should provide support and a set of buyers in and around that spot. Keep it on a sticky note. Depends on how they get there, if they get there. Now at, it's at 9.23, now I want to go back to a chart. This is a three minute chart, right in the vertical is today's activity and the reason why it's a really short term chart, it's not because I use it to trade or anything, it's because I want to show you what happened. So they came into 4.69.50 and essentially bounced like seven ES points or 7 SP S&P handles. So it goes to show you that these numbers, even though sometimes it's very fast, and that could tend to happen at the opening bell, you still need to know your numbers, and once they start getting below it, it's trouble. All right, let's move along. More notes. By 935, there's your 469.50. We already saw that. 469 is the next spot if they fall and conduct a further shakeout operation. Closing candles above 470 is the other side. Now watch this real quick. Here is a low of 469.09, and they had a nice rip higher away from that. The high of the next candle is 469.94. So again, 8.9 S&P handles. However, they came up short and bounced. Therefore, it's not the same anymore. If I were to take another long side trade, 468, if they did it. But you'll see they did the same thing. They came up short, and they bounced away. There's also support at 468.55. And they did find support in and around there for a while. 469 is now overhead resistance. What does that mean? Back to the chart. It means it's overhead resistance. 469 is still this line. They go and retest it. Yeah, they close above it, but they fail. So guess what? That was a three-minute chart. We don't really use those. It's not enough time in each candle. Guess what? Here's a 10-minute chart. What's the close of this candle? 468. 97. No accidents, no coincidences. They didn't close above 469. It's important. That's a signal. This one, 15-minute chart, they close above by a few pennies, immediately fail. That's tricking company at their finest. Let's move along, see what else we have. Traders who took the long on a spike of 468 need to book profit along the way. We already did that. They went back up, and then they failed again. We've kind of jumped ahead a little bit. Let me scroll up, pause the video, read the notes, go back to the charts to double check the work because I want to point out something really interesting. Here in this 1048 post, 46685 would be next. If you're taking a long, you need the numbers. I'm a buyer of 46685. And there you have it folks, 46685 and a retest and they come up short. That was a really important number. That was a tradable opportunity. That was on the board. How are you doing? Traders inside the numbers, not necessarily all of them, but there were certainly plenty of traders that did take that opportunity. Again, I'm gonna scroll up, and I'm going to let you pause the video, read the notes, go back to the charts to double-check the work. You'll see a lot of commentary. You'll see some commentary about the market acting a little funny, and when the market acts a little funny, like they miss numbers by a little bit, it raises my antenna to say, hey, something a little bit different is likely going on. The market's acting a little funny. It's really being driven by Trick and company. Continuing on, again, read the notes, go back to the charts to double-check the work. You'll see, we'll go out in the afternoon, was relatively quiet. The market was getting a bounce back away from that area. And then they kind of killed them into the close but killing him into the close doesn't leave you any time on the clock to do anything with it for a tradable intraday opportunity. Early this morning, the market was really dead as a doornail from a stocks-on-the-move perspective. RCL was the only one that came into its number. Dollar Tree, Fox A, and BABA did not. Here's Royal Caribbean. They didn't really do it in the manner in which we prefer. They creeped into the number. They kind of gave you half a deal before going lower. The fact that they came close and didn't do it in the manner in which we prefer took it off the board for most traders. Here's a 15 minute chart. You can even see here's a gap. So the gap is at 71.65. So look at this candle here. They come to 71.76 and they bounce away. So they even preclude you from taking the trade at the gap. Either way, You could see the numbers work. It was an important area. They just didn't give us the rocket ride. What's going on over in camp IWM? Well, it's more of the same. They ran a test to the convergence of the moving averages. They're coming back down. It's a bearish chart. It's leading in terms of percentage down on a relative basis. Why is that important? Because it's my favorite market-leading indicator. That's why. Down 1.6% against the SPY. That was down less than 1%. So I have to take notice of that. This is a bearish chart below all the moving averages. And here's even a weekly chart, and you can see below the convergence of the 50 and the 20-week moving average. So unless there's a quick rescue operation, the IWM's in trouble. Now, what's the likelihood that the IWM is going to go down and down and down, and everything else is going to stay whole and be in a bullish market? It's not likely. It doesn't happen that way. This is a warning signal. Again, this is a flare up in the air. They had a breakout and then a failed breakout. What happens on a failed breakout by getting below these moving averages on a weekly chart? It's telling you it's a real bona fide failed breakout until or unless they have a rescue operation back above. Period. What's going on with the folks out in Silicon Valley, the Q people? Well, this is interesting because it brings me back to something I talked about earlier in the video that I said I would circle back to. Well, this is the circle. We talked about the mind games that the market plays sponsored by the Trick Trap, Fool, and Frustrate crew. They make you believe everything's fine. They hit it again. Failed breakout. They hit it again. This is the way these things work. We've talked about it a number of times. The market is a mind fork. Now, I said I was going to give you a practical example of how we put this stuff into use. This is a trade that was put on in the lazy swing trader. Up here, the market collapsed immediately, we were immediately in the money, and then all of a sudden, we were immediately back to square one. Well, guess what? Back to square one was, as I like to call it, another bite at the apple. The original trade was not put on with a full position in case they went higher at the time. So guess what? We took the opportunity to put another portion of the trade with another bite at the apple. Now look at this. Now we're talking about the same area we talked about in the SPY, but here's the cues. The low is 392.99. Well, what was the close today? How about below that, 392.26. Guess what? The cues are ahead on a relative basis and the same area on the chart as the SPY. That's not a bullish close. That's a bearish close. That's a recapture on the downside of the 20-period moving average and a loss of that breakup candle low. You see how this all works together? What about the folks down at the Transportation Department? Now, they weren't down that much more than the S&P 500. So we've got a couple of things going on at the Transportation Department. So A number one is we can make a case... This is a bullish pattern. And keep in mind, we treat each chart independently of one another. So this is a bullish pattern until what? Until they get below the low of this breakup candle. The low is 15995 and change. But keep this in mind, you have a 50-period moving average right there, and you have another breakup candle right below it. I'm not saying the transports can't fall apart. All I'm saying is... They're not in the same position as the other markets. And when I see that, always in the back of my mind is we treat each chart independent. And by the way, the transports are my favorite canary in the coal mine, second favorite market leading indicator. So we're watching the transports for a possible flare up in the air for another bullish run, another pop in the market a la what happens on Wednesday after the Fed announcement, Kabuki Theater. That whole puzzle begins to take shape, or at least we have an idea and an awareness of what might be going on if certain other things develop in the other markets and they start getting back above certain things after maybe hitting certain targets on the downside. All that stuff is for intraday inside the number members, but I'm kind of giving you the taste test. This is hashtag inside my head, which is a dangerous place to be, to say the least, about the financials. Again, being rejected by the 20-period moving average, essentially supported now for today at the 100. So it's bunched up over here, but if they begin to give up the 100-period moving average, they're going to test the lows, and guess what? If they do that, this is no good. What's this? The 200-period moving average is no good because here they came close they bounced away that negates this 200 period moving average from being support had they come into it here that would have represented a possible buying opportunity here it's not a buying opportunity more of a fake out in the making what's the next number of support if they don't get support or find support at the 200 period moving average 3650 and if it's a debacle all the way down to 35 45. Write that down. Put it on a sticky note. You never know. What do we have here over at Smashmouth Country? Well, we have another fake out operation that's failing or another bullish operation that's failing. What we have is a market that's failing. And here's what I want to point out. Now, they may fake out tomorrow or Wednesday, whatever the thing is. But here's the thing we have to keep in mind because this is my flare up in the air from where I sit. On most cases. Here's the close. 300 even. That's the gap. They just closed below that gap. That's a flare up in the air for me. Why is that? Because they had an opportunity to close above it. They had an opportunity to fill the gap and trade back up. They didn't do that. Now maybe they reverse it first thing in the morning. Maybe they don't. To me that's a negative sign. They gave up the 20 period moving average. And closed below that gap. All in one shot today. That's a negative sign, and Smash Mouth, or the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, is a pretty good proxy for the tech space. We just saw the Qs. The Qs are in a different position than the SPY. The SMH is in a different position than all the other markets. So we have to pay attention across the board. We treat each chart independently of one another, but they're all puzzle pieces, and when we put them on the table and we try and configure the puzzle together, We get the picture that we're looking for. That's the way the market works. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.